Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. You guys watch YouTube? Anybody really like YouTube? Good. All right. Got some honest people. YouTube, (laughs) bear with me. YouTube kind of knows us, I think, better than we know ourselves. You guys ever kind of think that? This is something about the Google algorithm. It takes what you have seen, takes your choices of your past history, then he goes, you might like. And then it starts picking the things that you might like. It's like, how does Google know me so well? <laughs> but it takes your choices, your patterns, your interest, and it reveals what's in you, what you might like. On my free time, I like woodworking. So I watch woodworking stuff. And then when I really want to rest, I listen to sermons online that I didn't have to prepare for. It's just like, you know, give me freebie type deal. And then Google takes all of that and says, you're like Jesus. <laughs> Woodworking, sermon, preaching, and it allows to just minister to me. Like, it gives me inspirational things. And I, I love YouTube, not just because of like good production from big companies that has made good movies. It's real stuff. Woodworkers in their garage doing something, talking about life, or you know, short clips of living testimonies, and they preach to me. And Google selects all of that based on my former choices, which I found very interesting. The other day, I was listening to uh, this commencement speech. You guys ever listen to graduation speeches online? Some of them are so good. This guy, I didn't even know. But he was telling stories, and he was just, he was fast-paced, and he was telling jokes, and I was laughing, but then he switched gear, talks about the loss of his wife, and you want to cry with him. Like, in such a short period in that speech, I was listening to his heart, his emotions, and we are drawn into his life. And he tied it all of that for this graduate's, who is ready to enter into their crossroad, their rites of passage, their new chapter in life, to talk about good choices, to take life's lesson from his past, from his father's past, to those who have gone ahead of them, the graduates, so that they might make the good choice. Past choices dictating the future choices. And as I was listening to all these words and speech and life and stories, it ministered to me. It revealed what was in my heart. And, and it was kind of brought back memories of, um, if you guys really relate with some stories, you get caught up in that and you start remembering your own times when you went through the trials, when you had a loss, when you went through the struggles. You guys with me? It captivates you. It ministers to you. And, and so I was listening to that commencement speech and realize that story was not just for the graduates, but it's all people. 
Because you can listen to wisdom of man. You can listen to wisdom of those who have gone ahead of you, the choices they have made, the lessons that they have learned, and then they apply it, that wisdom, so that we might make good choices. Joshua had distributed the land, all tribes. The promise of God has been dispersed, has been the baton has been passed. It is now their responsibility to go and take the land that God has already ordained and promised them. It's been given. And we arrive in chapter 24 of Joshua in our series, and Joshua gives his commencement speech. And he doesn't just give a words that he wants to inspire, to teach, or... or he gives words that have been preserved for past 3,400 years. His words have been caught and taught for centuries in their lives. And it's not just his good teaching for the graduates of the Israelites. His words are eternal that applies to us today. And I want us to consider the words that he has said, not as a good teaching of a man, but God's word to his people, that we might make good choices, that we might have victory, that we might have the life that God has ordained and prepared for his people. Amen? So turn with me to Joshua chapter 24 in your Bibles. I will have it for you in the text. Today I'm reading from NIV. It's a little bit easier, more fluid in reading. Joshua 24. But I welcome you to look in your own text to make your own notes. Let's start with verse 1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. I want you to notice in this state of the nation address to all the leaders, it wasn't Joshua's words, but Joshua says, listen to the word of the Lord, where Joshua is the prophet. Joshua says, this isn't my speech I have prepared for you. Listen to the word of the Lord. And then when he begins to speak, he speaks in first person I. He says, I have taken your father Abraham. You guys understand? The voice changes. He goes, listen to the word of the Lord. This isn't my word. And then he speaks on behalf of God in the first person. I have taken your father Abraham from the land across the river and I have taken them. So right there is this authority. This is God's word, which is eternal. So it wasn't just for the Israelites. It's God's eternal words for us. 
And he reminded the Israelites where they came from. Where they came from. Abraham's father, Terah, he was in the land beyond the river, you know, the pagan country. He was over there worshiping other gods. He gives a context. Before me, your parents, your forefathers were worshiping. They were lost. They were over there on the other side in a pagan country worshiping other gods. They had no idea who their gods were. He says, I have taken your father, Abraham, chosen him, taken him. They were barren, but I gave him children. I gave him Jacob, and to Jacob, his own kids, not me, Isaac and Jacob, you get it. He has taken those who without kids and at elder, old age, and he has given miraculous power of conception, seeds, promises. And he brings up the past to say, listen, your your ancestral roots is nothing to be proud about. You were lost, you were worshiping false idols, but I have taken your father, Abraham, I have chosen him, I have given him descendants, and they were, I've taken them to the land of Canaan. Your promise that. But Jacob went to Egypt. You guys remember that. And then they get to Egypt. And then what happened? They're enslaved, this and that. And then I have sent Moses and Aaron to deliver you from the Egyptians. So he brings back the whole story of the faithful God I have chosen, I have taken, I have saved, I have sent Moses and Aaron to Egypt to deliver you from the bondage. And as they are crossing, you know what? They didn't like it. The Egyptians didn't like it. They were chasing after you. But what happened? The Red Sea split, engulfed them, destroyed them, and then you were set free. And then I have taken you into this promised land. He is recapsulating the history of Israelites in the first person I, God's word, I have saved you. From the past to the present to where they are going. Sometimes we need to hear where we came from to know where we are going. We have to be reminded of where we come from to know who we are, to know where we are going. Because sometimes we forget. I have forgotten. And this is my personal testimony. I have, there were times it's been so long when God reminded me the times that I was a thief, a cheat, a drunkard, abuser of many things. Like, do you remember that? There was nothing to be proud of. There were things that I was just so broken and it should have been uh, embarrassed of my life circumstances, but I was shameless. I was so deep lost that I was shameless. And when God saved me, to taking me who I am today, it's amazing. It's nothing short of a miracle. And when he reminds me of that, then we realize the miraculous power of God, what, where we have come from, to know where we are going. You know, there's a side note. I, back in the day when I was a stockbroker, I used to read a lot of charts. And if you know how to read charts, whether you're a day trader or a long-term investor, we look at charts, that are, right? And then you can see your support of the foundation. Hopefully, you don't crash below that. And then the, the top, sometimes there's a ceiling, there's a resistance. That's the growth. But when you go beyond that, you explode, you break out. 
there's a pattern in our life. There is a pattern of where we have been, where we are going. But when you know that you are lost, but you are doing, you are found and you're in a good place and you are on a trajectory of, of growth, that's a hope. That is the pattern that you are going to be okay. But it's all because the Lord has taken you from the depth of the brokenness and despair and loss. In a land that you were of the pagan country, worshiping other gods, until you recognize what the Lord has done, sometimes we can't really appreciate who we are or where we're going. And so Joshua reminds them this truth. Your identity, your possessions, everything where you have been and where you are going, it's all because of God. It's not you. It's not what you have done. It's because of God. You have nothing to be proud of. You were in a pagan country. You were lost until God. And that's who we are. We are nothing without God. And he continues on in verse 12. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and the cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from the vineyards and the olive grove that you did not plant. It's all because of God. What he has given you, what he has provided for you, all that you have, all that you are, all that you think you are, it's all because of God. So in light of that, here's a so what in verse 14. Joshua says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. Fear God and serve him. Throw away the God of your forefathers. Throw away the God of where you come from. Throw away the idolatry of what you had used to believe in. And serve God faithfully. You know, the word there to serve is not about what job you have or where you go, who pays your paycheck. It's not, the word serve there in the original Hebrew, abad, in Hebrew, has the connotation of who you give allegiance to. It, it does get translated to who you serve, but it's who you are subject to. It is the ancient language of the vassal, right? It is the one that you are under allegiance, who, the, who you give worship and honor to, who you give your money to. It is who you serve. Joshua says, for as for me and my household, we serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we choose God. That's what he's saying. This was his personal testimony, but then there's also invitation. This is what we're going to do, and I, I hope that you follow me. I find it interesting that this text is one of those biblical references that is used most often for theological position of the Arminians. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's election and predestination, so some of you Bible nerds are smiling right now because you know what I'm talking about. There is 
election and predestination. That means, is it God who chose you, or did we choose God? Arminians will say, God, or we chose God, and God knew that we were going to choose God, so he chose me based on knowing what my choice was going to be. That's what the Arminians will say. Calvinist, John, from John Calvin, will argue, and this is the joke, is that um, they say that Calvinists today are more John, Calvinists than John Calvin ever was. Uh, and they believe that it is because God has chosen, and because God has chosen, he alone can change the hearts of men. And if he chose a servant like, let's say, Paul, you have no choice but to respond appropriately to the God. Do you guys understand that? So they argue if God chose you, you have no choice. You get converted. You believe because God chose you. Arminian view is we chose God because God knew that we were going to choose him. God so loved the world. The gospel is God so loved the world that he died. He came to save all mankind, the whole world. God so loved the whole world. Not the elect, but God so loved the whole world. But not all the world is saved. Not all the world believes in him. So the response is, God loves all, but not all are saved. So you need the choice of a man. Man needs to choose God. And so this text is the big support of the argument for the Arminian. See, God honors our choices. I bring all that up because within the church, you go to enough churches, then you will know you will hear different theological views. Well, I had the privilege to be able to study all of these things. And this was probably one of the first subjects that I wrestled with. Because if you go to the Bible, there, I believe, and I, and I still believe, that if you seek with all your heart and really seek to do diligence to know what the, Lord, what the Word meant, you can find the absolute truth. I still believe that. This was a text that I came across or this theological position, Arminian or Calvinist, to say, which is it? I don't know, because there's a whole list, there's a whole chart and diagram, and I've studied it, and I wrestled with it. Is it Arminian or Calvinist? Is it God, or is it man's choice? And I couldn't figure it out. And I went to the Lord. I even cried out, Lord, I don't know. I can't. This is as clear as mud. Uh, so I, I asked, you know what the conclusion I came up with? It's both. They're both biblical. I want you to get this. There is both scriptural support that supports both views. Whether you're a Calvinist or Arminian, there's biblical support. You can't be wrong. But the church, people like to debate. They like to argue whether it's God or, or man. So here's what I concluded. It's both. It's not either or. It's both. You don't have to be right by choosing a side because if you choose a side, you're going to be wrong on the other side because it's both. Scripture supports both. So if you come to me and say, hey, you know, Eric, I like what you said, but I'm a Calvinist. I'm five-point Calvinist, tulip, the whole thing, and I believe in God chosen, and that's why I am who I am. I'll be like, fine, great but I don't care. <laughs> and if you come to me and say, hey, I, or, I'm Arminian. I believe it is man's choice and, and I hold to this view. I say the same thing. I don't care. But here's the bottom line. 
Do you choose the Lord? God has chosen you. You have chosen him. But do you choose the Lord daily? And, and I'm going to bring up that word in the way Joshua said it. It's not choosing the Lord once. And because sometimes we do. You go to the restaurant. You choose what you want to eat that meal. But this is written in Cal Imperfect, which all means is you have to choose continuously. Today, tomorrow, continuously. You choose God today, here, there, and forever. You have to choose God, not just on Sundays, but in your workplace on Monday. You have to choose God in your family, in your relationships, in who you deal with. You have to deal with God. You have to choose God in your everyday, everywhere. And this is going to blow your mind, because sometimes the world has taught you you can choose God on Sunday, and you choose the world on Monday. We compartmentalize our faith in our private things, but then how we live beyond the church. You guys seen people like, you don't act like a Christian? You guys, well, hopefully you didn't hear that. <laughs> I heard that when I was younger. And that's the sad truth. Sometimes we confess our faith on Sunday and we live completely different like a hypocrite midweek. This choose this day, choose for yourself whom you will serve, is to say you will choose God every day, always, everywhere you go. I don't care about the debates of the Calvinists or the Arminians. I could hang with the, the best of them in regards to giving them both views. But if the Bible supports both views, if you choose one side, then you're going to be wrong on the other. I'd rather just say, yes, Lord. I may not understand everything, but if you said it, I believe it. Amen. Because the scripture supports both. And, and I'll show you scripture later on, but anyways, moving on. The more important question is, do you choose God? And, and I was thinking about this, and I kind of shared this earlier with you guys. When we choose God in all areas of our life, God's favor moves in all areas of your life. Not just on Sundays, but in regards to your work, your relationship. When you honor God first, other things happen. And I'm not saying choose God for benefits of his blessings. That's not how this works. There are benefits to worshiping God, but that's not why you should choose him. He chose you first, and we respond to that. He has blessed you first, we respond to that. There are benefits to worshiping and honoring him. But when you just seek him, all these other things happen even accidentally. I shared with you, um, I think, especially when I think about my past work life, I remember God's favor just pouring on me when I sought to honor him first. I don't want to go into too many details of my personal testimonies, but I, I was thinking about the accidental inventions and discoveries in the past, greatest discoveries in the past 100 years. Many of them were accidental. 
like penicillin, the invention of penicillin. It was discovered because the, the scientists had left a Petri dish on the workbench, forgot about it, went on vacation or went away, came back and saw mold eating up the bacteria. And from that discovery, revolutionized medical technology forever. It was because of his laziness. Can you imagine that? God can use your laziness to bring about healing for his people. The guy who invented saccharin, he was a, a playing with chemicals, studying coal tar, if I remember correctly. He came home, and, he, and as he was eating and trying, everything tasted really sweet. Why? Because he forgot to wash his hands. He was exposed to this chemical, and he, gosh, can you imagine working with chemicals and not washing your hands? We, like, wash our hands after COVID for everything, and, you know, without touching the chemicals. This guy touched chemicals, didn't wash his hands, and he's like, everything tastes really sweet. Invention of saccharin, sweet and low. So, microwave, there's a lot of great stories, meaning people, God can use your laziness <laughs> to bring about healing and sweetness in your life. Okay, anyways. God. These are side notes here. Joshua, the nation's leader and prophet, gave this speech in Joshua 24. Not as a commencement speech because it's like he didn't think what can I say to this nation before I die, before they go off and have their own life? What can I inspire them to live well? What, that's not it. He spoke as a prophet speaking in first person I on behalf of the Lord. And he starts off saying, remember where you're past, where you come from, how lost you were. And remember all the victories I have taken you through the desert and the miraculous power that I have provided for you. And remember where I'm taking you and the promises I have given. Choose whom you will serve. Joshua knew, God knew, that it is by the past choices that will dictate the future choices. It is by your choice that you make today that will determine your victory tomorrow. We know, adults know, parents know, the good choices of our children today will determine what's gonna, what kind of future they're going to have tomorrow. Our Father God has the same heart and mind in giving this speech. It wasn't just to the Israelites 3,400 years ago, but it's to us. Choose whom you will serve. Serve him faithfully. Give him your all. Not just on Sundays, but always, not just in church, but in your workplace, in your household, in your relationships. Because you can't want a successful marriage if you can't, if you don't live righteously to honor your spouse, to honor your children. You can't want a successful date or relationship for the future if you're going to compromise here today. You can't have a long-term business relationship with your partners or anything. If, you, if we compromise anything of our own integrity, we honor God first as an act of worship, and he will take care of other things. Amen? Amen. 
And I'll leave you with this. God chose you before the creation of the world. He first loved you so that you can love him. And Jesus said in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Ladies and gentlemen, choose this day whom you will serve and serve him faithfully. Amen? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And I'm going to invite you. And I don't know, you know, I have heard many stories where people have grown up in the church and have never chosen God. They have always believed that they were Christian because they have always believed that, hey, I go to church every Sunday. But just because going to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian, like you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, right? The place that you visit does not make you or give you your identity. It is a decision that you make. So if you have never believed or never said of your own. So remember, when Joshua was saying this, God of the forefathers, what he was talking about was people took religion by what they were born into and said, that's who I am. But he goes, no, I want you to make that decision yourself today. And I want you guys to make, if you have never confessed it on your own, you have always believed that you're a Christian because you went to church, because that's the faith of your parents. That's good. That's the only the beginning of it. But if you have never confessed and never given your life, never have been baptized, then I want to, you to make that decision for, you to, for yourself today. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.